Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. have done it my taste buds my hungry homies my famished friends we are back this is house of carbs the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people i am your hungry host joe house and we are on the ringer podcast network my culinary comrades, it's been a minute. It has been a minute here at House of Carbs since we've been on this feed, filling your ears and hopefully your belly with food and beverage inspiration. Wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about what we're doing with House of Carbs here on the newly christened Ringer Food Channel. The House of Carbs contribution over the course of this year is going to be focused on particular food topics, belly experiences, not on every single week, instead episodic. And as is always the case, we are dying for some belly sourcing. So if you have a topic or an experience or a particular food angle that you would love for us to explore, hit us up. The Instagram and the Twitter with the House of Carbs Feeds are going to be wide open and live once again for everybody to contribute. Well, let's move right into the main course, which is this new show on House of Carbs. This, uh, 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 let me call it this gluttonous gridiron gobble fest, my famished friends. What are we doing? Well, we're going to take a look at all of the teams competing in the NFL playoffs. They all reside from cities that have outstanding food traditions, and we're just going to go ahead and match, up, match them up. Now, me and the podfather, Bill Simmons, we did all of the NBA playoff cities a handful of years ago, and it was a little controversial. This time around, taking a little inspiration, Twitter user Scandalous hit me up, I don't know, maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, with a tradition. He's from Seattle. He has a tradition with his family where they try and pick the iconic food item in each city, and then they eat that, 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 that team's food item. This is a, 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 a you know, tradition born out of, of ancient cultures where warriors going into battle may have uh, sampled a fallen foe to consume their courage, their wisdom, their strength going into battle. Well, that's fine inspiration for exactly what we have Going on right now, right here, 2022, new year, new belly. I will be joined by the incomparable appetite accomplices, Mallory Rubin and David Jacoby. Over the course of this month, we are going to put all 14 of the NFL uh, teams, the cities that they emanate from, all of them have iconic food items, we think. And we're going to just try and match them up and see if we can come out with the number one 
iconic food item, food city in all of these United States of America, not intended to be anything but our own best opinions on this thing. And we're going to have some surprise guests. We'll have some local experts. You, of course, will be asked to participate with your own belly sourcing, your own quibbles with the way we break this thing down, your own pictures of the food items from your cities. We are very excited to get this going. Let's get in that belly. There is only one appropriate way to kick off this reincarnation of House of Carbs, and that is with divinity. We are so pleased to be joined by the divine doyen of delivery, the gustatory goddess, Mallory Rubin. It's been so long, my sister. Welcome back. House, house, house. They call you house, but this feels like coming home, buddy. It feels like coming home. <laughs> well, speaking of coming home, we're also extremely fortunate to have a long for this delicious ride. The brains behind the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, among other things. <laughs> He's the only one not named Danny on that show. He is our culinary <laughs> comrade, Sea Money, Craig Hurlbeck. What up, buddy? What's going on? I was the guy who got rid of the name Dantasy, so I would say I am the brains behind right. that operation. It goes without saying. <laughs> the, the, the two Dannys speak for themselves, literally. So, my friends, we are convened. It is, we are on the brink of, of the NFL playoffs, the wild card weekend. It's going to be a wild belly weekend for us. And here's the challenge that's in front of us, right? We're going to take on this National Football Conference, the NFC. All of the cities in this conference have some kind of food item that is delightful, delectable, an attraction. We have been very lucky, uh, this, this convened group. We have been to many, many of these cities. I, I think that I've been to every one of these cities. Mallory, have you been to all of these cities? Let's see. I've n- I have not ever been to... Green Bay, Wisconsin. Haven't had the pleasure. Yeah. yeah. I'm me too. I'm six for seven. That's right. Six out of seven on this list. See money. What about you? I have been to so few of these cities that this, this show will be very interesting that I'll be trying a lot of things for the first time. I have only been to Los Angeles where I currently reside and San Francisco <laughs> where I was born. Well, that makes you exactly what we need on this house of carbs, that kind of food expertise. <laughs> do you feel like you've been to Philly because you work with 900 people who are Eagles fans and you I just do, have yeah, absorbed been, uh, a cheesesteak and cheese whiz through osmosis conversation after conversation? Yeah. yeah, I think Sure, so. that's right. So here's a task that's in front of us. There are seven teams competing from the NFC, uh, seven food cities for us to consider. And we, in the course of this episode tonight, are going to take seven down to four. I mean, that that's a challenge, we're, but we're going to do it. We're, it's what's required if we're going, going to, you know, come up with the, the proper uh, winner of, of this food fracas that we're about to, to uh, undertake now. I tried to come up with a few... rules of the road here. And I just want to see as judging criteria, uh, I'm going to belly source this because that's the best methodology, the belly source methodology. (laughs) I want to get input from you guys. So this is what I was thinking. Is there an identifiable or iconic food item or meal or beverage associated with that city? That's kind of the first one. Does everybody know that that thing comes from that city? That that, you know, food item, right? This is key. Is the item available throughout the city with competing versions of that food item? You know, are, and are there competing claims for who does the best version of it? Uh, do you have to? Is it mandatory that you sample this item when you visit that particular city? And last but not least, now we are trying to track these NFL playoffs loosely. And, and the way this is going to work is we're going to come up with four. We're going to seed them ourselves based on our own preferences, what we think is the right order. This goes out to all the hungry homies out there. Please hit us up on the socials if you have a problem with our rankings. If you have a problem with the outcomes, we're here to listen to your belly complaints. But here's how we're starting it off. The Green Bay Packers have a bye entering this wild card weekend, this wild belly weekend. I think we are prepared. I think I'm prepared. I'll speak for myself and I'll put it to the two of you to grant Green Bay a bye 
in this gustatory gridiron madness as well. Miss <laughs> Mallory, what do you think? Now, we think that the thing that Green Bay is most prominently known for is, is a combo item. It's the, it's the cheese curds and the brats. And if you go to Green Bay, I, I have not had the pleasure, but every single person I know that's been to one of those tailgates says cheese curds and brats. Are we, are we comfortable granting the buy, Miss Mallory? Before I answer the question, I just want to compliment you now and always on your commitment to the art of alliteration. <laughs> it's so impressive. Do you know it's, I have so much pent up, you know, pun madness in me? This has been a year and a I half. It. It's been a I year love and a it. half. It's like watching Philip Roth pen the great American novel in front of my very eyes on Zoom. <laughs> I... Uh, here's my question. Instead of answering your question, I'm just going to ask one. To clarify for us, here with you on this panel, to clarify for everyone listening and eating at home, the buy, it's on the merits of the foodstuffs, right? Not True. because Green Bay, the football team, has a buy. These are unrelated buys. Is that correct? True fact. Okay. All right. It's coincidence. Okay. It's a coincidence. <laughs> okay. In that case, I'm comfortable with it. I look forward to sampling the brats and the cheese curds. I can't wait. It sounds like a wonderful way to spend a, a football game. Three hours of cheese curds and brats paired with a beverage. What are the dipping sauces? I can't wait to learn. I have so much to explore here, and I'm delighted to get to share this with both of you. That's my take. It's the only food item that fans wear in, out of all of these 14 cities, out of all these seven in the NFC. There's actual cheese heads. That's got to be worth something. Interesting. We, I think we're all in agreement. I would say I'd be, I'd be happy to wear, you know, a crab cake or steamed crab <laughs> costume, an Utz crab chip, a burger cookie. I would wear any of those things on my person in order to express my enthusiasm. So I think plenty of fan bases would be willing to give this a try. Would you be shocked to see somebody show up to a football game dressed as a Philly cheesesteak? Definitely not. But you know they. The, the good folks of Philly, the Philly fans that, that show up at those games, they also have to be prepared for these hands, right? They have to have their hands mobile. So they, they you know, it would have to be a costume that, that had full arm mobility, I imagine. Am I wrong about that? Am I impugning the good people of Philadelphia? You know, you can't be trusted to speak about a few of these cities and teams because you're a Washington man, you know? So your NFC East bias is coming through here. Well, I'm going to show how objective I can be. We are starting off this uh this 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 gambit with the Philadelphia Eagles up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to track these wild card games. That is the game. The matchup I believe and we'll have Craig help us walk through this is obviously the cheesesteak from Philadelphia. I don't think there's any dispute. Although I will say the roast pork in Philadelphia is magnificent. Absolutely and wonderful. <laughs> Chris Ryan and I had a wonderful time at at the Phoenix. Uh, it, it you know we had a we toured and we and anyway the roast pork is awesome. I had that for the first time in my life in 2019, August of 2019. Actually, one of the last pre-COVID trips I took anywhere, and it was. Are we cursing on this pod? Where oh, are yeah. we on adult content here e. on the relaunch? We're, we're always up for Fucking ease. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so it good. It really was. It's amazing. Oh, my Lord. Still, you're right. Of course, it must be the cheesesteak. It must. Yes. And for Tampa, this is a challenge. And this might be something that factors into how we, we, we size up this matchup. I have been to Tampa a bunch of times. And I have had grouper sandwiches a bunch of times. They're delicious, and it really delivers a sense of place when I'm in Tampa and eating a grouper sandwich. But I don't know that that's the definitive, dispositive food item that people associate with Tampa. See, money, Craig Horlbeck. What is the background and history of 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 the the food iconic food items in Tampa? Well, uh, according to my very cursory research, it is dubbed Tampa's signature sandwich. So the, the I, grouper I sandwich. No, the Cuban, excuse me. The Cuban oh, is I done. was talking about the grouper. I've never had a Cuban in Tampa. Well, so that's the thing is I feel like Tampa's claiming the Cuban. I'm not sure if the Cuban is claiming Tampa. But if you want to go with the, the grouper, uh, it's apparently not the signature sandwich of Tampa. However, a very popular one. Um, for people who don't know what it is, it is a fish sandwich. It's grouper fish that is grilled, blackened, or fried, and topped mm. with lettuce, tomato, onion, and tartar sauce, and stuffed inside a fresh burger bun. Um, 
Madera Beach is where it started. It is the grouper capital of the world near Tampa. So. so there you go. I mean, there's a sense of place. There's a sense sure. of identity that's common. This is why I, I was sort of surprised to see the Cubano. Now, the Cubano, I believe, has some uh, affiliation with Tampa because there's a bakery there that's known for making, that's famous for making Cuban bread. That's right. Um, La Segunda Bakery. That, right. And so that that all by itself helps, you know, make that 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 connection. One thing that I was surprised in looking at Tampa, and I wondered if we should do this, but we I don't think it's appropriate. Did you know that the Bloomin' Onion originated in Tampa, Florida? Were you aware oh, of that, wow. Mallory Rubin? No. What a revelation. I know. Well, the Outback Bowl is in Tampa every single year because the first Outback was indeed, you know, Outback was founded in Tampa. Yeah, 1988. Tim Gannon, Outback co-founder. Huh. Yeah. So do we so we have to pick, we're gonna pick the the item that we are going to have compete against the Philly cheesesteak, correct? Like we have to select one first. Yes, but do we? Because the fact that it's this hard to identify <laughs> what we're picking is, is sort of the of answer yeah, when you're I going head to head with the Philly cheesesteak, right? Right. And we that's all no agree. that's nothing against any of these items, which all on their own sound wonderful. Right. And I would love to sample all of them and enjoy them all. But if if we're going through House's prerequisites, the, the the judging criteria, the belly sourcing methodology, that question of the association and that lack of question, the question of the lack of question, I don't know. I, th- I think our answer is in front of us. It's a landslide. Yeah, it kind of is a landslide. And it's yeah. not our fault that Philadelphia and Tampa are up against each other. That's just the way that the bracket played out. The Eagles could have played better this year. When... The Bucs inevitably win this game. Yes. And Tom Brady moves forward through the playoffs once again. And we all get to hear about the TB12 diet once again. We'll have another opportunity, I have no doubt, to talk about Tampa and food. Well, we're not... We're, if, if Tampa wins the football game, good for them. They just lost in, in the food battle. And they're, they're out. They're out. That's it. <laughs> they're the done. The cheesesteak <laughs> moves on. We'll be talking about Philadelphia and the cheesesteak in all of the weeks to come, potentially all the way into February, Mallory and Craig, right? And, and not only will we be talking about them, we will be probably tasting them. Next week, we'll be taste testing these eight teams that move on to the f- next there round. There we go. Now we're talking. I can't now wait. We're but talking. so no mention of a strawberry or avocado ice cream or anything like that. Where? Tough shit for the TB12 diet. That's it. It's <laughs> a wrap. Yeah, he's not even from, he doesn't have anything to do with Tampa other than delivering them a Super Bowl. Congratulations on that. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. So let's talk about this next matchup. This is uh, kind of a heavy hitter matchup. We have San Francisco traveling to ta- to Dallas in in the actual football game. So we have San Francisco up against Dallas. Now San Francisco has a few things going for it. They are the 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 home of the Anchor Steam beer, which is you know in and of itself a, a wonderful uh, innovation there. They also have a claim to fame with a particular sourdough bread and a, and a bakery there that does the sourdough bread. And then I personally, all my San Francisco experiences, the thing that I hunt is some form of Dungeness crab in, in either like a crab Louis salad kind of situation or, and this is when I have the time to enjoy it, Chipino. Because a Chipino plus an Anchor Steam ale, beer, whatever, is, is just... Yeah, that's that's living life right. Heaven. Heaven. All right, I have to ask, though, point of clarity. Is it unfair to pair a food item with a beverage in this way? Or is the fact that doing so is such a natural pairing and a thing to present part of the argument in favor of the San Francisco offering here? I believe it's the latter. They're inextricable from each other. That's my view. Now, Craig, what, what do you think? I agree. I mean, are there any other cities that we are going to come up that we are going to address today that have a drink that we have omitted from this 
from this episode? I don't think there is. I think because Anchor Steam is the only one that comes to mind, that's why it deserves to be here. So, Craig, let's do a little history on on those food items. We have to. We should probably. Anchor Steam is going to go with one of them, either like the sourdough bread or the Chipino Dungeons Crab seafood kind of vibe, right? What what's what's some of the background here? Well, I, my opinion is that we have to go with 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 Boudin Bakery, right? The okay. most famous bakery in San Francisco. It's the oldest operating business in San Francisco. Established in the mid-1800s by Isidore Boudin, uh, son of master bakers that came from France. And they've been making sourdough ever since. And then if you move over to the Anchor Steam, Anchor Steam, I did not know this. I'm from the Bay. I didn't know this. First craft brewery in America, founded in 1896. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. There yeah. you go. P- part of why I like the Boudin uh, angle to this is because the 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 way that it's served is they hollow out the loaf and then yeah. they serve a chowder in there. And that yeah. chowder could have the crab dungeness crab, crab exactly. in it Hello. exactly now we're exactly. talking this yeah. is a joe house word cloud here you can do whatever <laughs> you want with it when you talk about most identifiable or iconic item from a city somebody on the east coast middle of the country wherever when they hear san francisco i i think the bread bowl is is the first thing that you would think of i i kind of think that's true what do you think mallory you're an east coaster like me I am an East Coaster like you. By origin. One of the, right, yes. Currently <laughs> residing in LA like Craig, but from the Mid-Atlantic like you, I can say from experience, and I can also say from experience that every time I go to Philly, I try to get a cheesesteak. When I first went to San Francisco, one of the first things I did was go to get the bread bowl with chowder. And it was delicious. I, cool. st- I still think about it. I, you know, like, one of those food memories where you don't just remember that it tasted good, but you can like feel the warmth inside of you. That's what this memory is like. And the idea of pairing that with the crispness of the beer. This is, can we take a break to go have a snack? This is it like, is. <laughs> this I is. did show up deliberately hungry. But oh par- my part, God. Of, part of this, this um, reverie that you are in, let's remind everybody, you, you really are a soup gal. I mean, if you know what I love you, soup. I can argued, eat soup every day of my life. You've argued for summer soup. I mean, we we've talked about we've gone through the best I items have, to I will eat again. in the summer. And you, yes. you argued passionately for summer soups. Soup is a year-round indulgence and it's a year-round, dare I say, gift. So this I love item, it. I had soup today. It's right up I will your have alley. It tomorrow. This item's right up your alley. Had you guys had you guys heard of Anchor Steam before you got oh. out to California ever? Yes. For yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It feels like it's ubiquitous. I don't okay. know how or why it is that I encountered it, but for sure on the East Coast, I've had Anchor Steam. My dad is a big beer guy. My dad's a big craft beer guy, and my dad loves the Pacific Northwest. So I think I just probably had it on my radar early because of that. But it's a fair question, I guess. But I, I think that this is, I think that the awareness factor, we, we, can ch- we can check that box here too. Yeah. Totally agree. Okay, let's talk about Dallas. Now, Dallas was a bit of a challenge because it does very good versions of a lot of different foods, but I don't know that there is one food that it's it's known for. Now, I've been to Dallas, I don't know, maybe six times in my life, and I have had barbecue there. I've had, I mean, I've had smoked meats, I've had brisket, and it's been excellent. I've had steak there. Now, the, now steak, I feel like you might want to go to Fort Worth a little bit. Fort Worth, I don't know why it is, but like, People say you get to Fort Worth for for the steak. Uh, There is the Texas chili. The Texas red chili is associated with this place called Tolbert. So that's a thing as well. But I I don't know that Dallas in and of itself is the best version of any of those things. So that's the challenge. Well, what about Tex-Mex? Tex-Mex, I have a little background on Tex-Mex. How do you feel about that? Let's listen. Go ahead. Make the pitch. Let's listen. I have an open open mind. Well, also just listening to House tell me that like if you want a steak, you shouldn't go to Dallas. You should go to Fort Worth. Is just incredible. I feel like I'm in culinary Harvard. What somebody sent me this, I was sent in that way. Like I'm I'm a very open minded, you know, belly uh, uh, follower. I'll take whatever guidance folks want to give. The best version of this thing is is there. This is why. The brisket and the smoked meats, you have to go to Austin or you have to go to Hill Country. I know this from being in Texas. And to be honest, with my research, nothing said that like Tex-Mex was the best in Dallas. It just said it's one of the famous spots to get Tex-Mex. So it's not like the preeminent Tex-Mex spot. I don't know if there is one, but Dallas was one of them, not the one. Yeah. 
Um, so, like you know, there are places. Sunny Brian's for barbecue is iconic. Uh, the pecan, the pecan lodge. Also, I've had barbecue from both those places. Like, I think there's a Sunny Brian's in the Dallas airport, like a version where you can grab some some BBQ. Either the brisket on your way tacos in or the are way. a big thing in right, Dallas. Right, brisket yeah. taco. I think they they may even like say that's like the the thing. Some people from Dallas might argue it's the more contemporary. Yeah, Texas cuisine. I think. I, I agree with you, Mallory. What what what's your take? What do you think? This is a really tough one. I I have to, of course, defer to your expertise on Dallas specifically as a city that is associated with one of these food items. But I will just say, as a matter of heart and soul, and and dare I say, principle, it's difficult to eliminate brisket from any food list. Like it's just hard. Great point. Uh, a a, a, a wonderful brisket, really good barbecue yeah. is going to yeah. be tough to eliminate. And I do think, or maybe this is a question, I shouldn't presume, factoring in how well what we're talking about here pairs with football should mm-hmm. be a consideration, right? Ooh, I like Or this. shouldn't it be? I don't know. I mean, I think that like, that's at least one thing to think about here. And, and another question I would pose, and you can say, no, this is not the right way to think about this. We are really like zeroing in on, on the specific city, the specific place. But is there anything to, to say here for just Texas barbecue more broadly and barbecue from that region if we want to go a little bit beyond Dallas, given the size of the Dallas Cowboys fan base footprint? I'm just throwing it out there. It's a, it's a fair point. It's a fair question. I w- we wouldn't do that with Houston, right? Because Houston has its own incredible food identity, food scene, a true, um, you know, uh, uh, all all over the diaspora. That's the word. That's there's a yeah, a, a a delicious dining diaspora in 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 uh, Houston. Um, we what we would not attribute Texas barbecue or Texas chili to to Houston, although I think you can get great renditions of both of those items in Houston. So I, I, I wonder if we're, it's, it's a like one step too far. Are we being too generous to Dallas? If, if we, if we spread the net that, that broadly, Mr. Craig, what's your vibe? I don't know. I, I, I don't want to give it to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think we should generalize and just give <laughs> Dallas the entire state of Texas cuisine. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah, I don't think Franklin would say, "Oh yeah, we're we're no, Dallas." No, these are separate food. things. Of course, yeah. of course, Franklin, these are Franklin all completely barbecue. separate things. Yeah, would not say, "Oh yeah, we're." I we're mean, da- I, the question was less that should we lump everything in Texas together, and more if we're saying, if you're saying like, okay, well, I can't necessarily put one slice of brisket in Dallas specifically up as the best slice of brisket I have, but I want to. I want to find a way to push God. brisket through. Oh, <laughs> we man. just say, hey, we're pushing brisket through. Football, <laughs> Texas, we're doing it. Let's <laughs> just throwing it out there. You know, we're just having a chat. When you talk about football foods, personally for me, I would much rather have a brisket taco from Dallas than a big clam chowder bread bowl watching Cowboys Niners. I, I don't disagree. And, mm-hmm. you know, the wrinkle here that's interesting is that was not part of our original belly source methodology criteria, but that doesn't mean that we, we can't contemplate it. I, like I said, we are very fair minded and open, open belly here. Uh, so, I mean, let's, let's put it to a vote. It's fine by me. I, I, you know, uh, I know which way my lean is. I know what I like. Um, and let, let's, there's three of us. So we're, we're going to come up with a, an answer to this. I vote for San Francisco. Wait, let me add one more wrinkle. Let's hear it. Perhaps we should think about it this way. If you had never had either item or been to either city, mm. and you had the option to go to only one and try that item only, easy. which are you picking? It's San Francisco. It's absolutely Dallas. Oh! <laughs> Without question. <laughs> we'll see. And I think if you put that out to the public, it would be a landslide. Really? Wow. Because one of, like- those, one of those feels like a thing that you are missing in your life if you have not had it. I just think there's other cities that offer it, and San Francisco feels like you know, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a one of a kind. It's a sense of place. It, it is, it delivers, you know, a, a true spirit of the place. Now, hold on, hold on. 
Go Is ahead. it a one of a kind? It's delicious and it's iconic, but you can get bread bowls at Panera. <laughs> I mean, but, no but shame. Not, don't come, don't come at me. No, no, I'm not no, no, saying no, no, it's no. the same, but like <laughs> not, it's not yeah. literally the only place you can get a bread bowl. It's not literally the only place you can get a chowder. But and if I'm if brisket. I can only have crab in yeah. one place, I'm getting it in Maryland, not in San Francisco. Not, but you're not going to get give me a blue crab. crab in Maryland. No, like, but give me a blue crab if I had I my know, brothers. I know. I understand. That's very reason- reasonable. But you know, I can get I can get brisket from the deli down the street as well. Like that 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 can't be the the sole governing criteria. That's my Let, point. Let's just put it, it can't to be a vote. The sole governing criteria. I love this. This is You're, this is a mess already. This it's is unfair. Amazing. It's unfair to you because Craig's from the Bay Area, so you you already know where where his vote. I'm is picking going. Dallas. I'm picking San Francisco. I am too. San Francisco. I think this was the toughest head to head. There's no bad outcome here. That's yeah, how I feel right. about it. It's a good. It's a great point. I, I I agree with you. And we would be so happy to be in either city eating those items. Like now, I'm dying for some brisket tacos. <laughs> Let's order those for next week, even though Dallas is out. <laughs> just for fun. Yeah, just just yeah. Because yeah, consolation bracket. Yeah, we'll do to that. The, to the it. good people of Texas, we recognize. We recognize. It's, it's our nit for, it for everyone <laughs> who didn't make it. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations at Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Last but not least, this is the third wild belly card matchup of the weekend. It's on Monday night, this football game. That's right. Um, which is weird. I don't know that this is the game I'm looking most forward to of the weekend. We have the Los Angeles Rams up against the Arizona Cardinals. And right off the bat, this is a very hard food matchup to try and 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 tackle because the Cardinals play in Glendale, but I think now my experience in Arizona, I've been to Scottsdale. I've been to Phoenix. I haven't made it Phoenix. out to, to, to Glendale. I think it's fair in the same way that if you, we were doing Washington, we would be sort of thinking about Washington, D.C. food, not um, uh, Landover, Maryland food. It's fair. It's OK to, to, to use Phoenix as the proxy for this. Do you, are we in agreement on that? Food that you can get in Phoenix, Arizona? I don't know. Or or do we or do we does it have to be like you guys Tucson, almost kicked Arizona? me off the off the Zoom for asking <laughs> where food and where brisket in Texas can come and from. We, we so. just, we we we're trying to be authentic. We're we're trying to keep it you know tethered to something here. Craig, what does your research tell you here about yes. where exactly we should be geolocating our selection? Well, first of all, Glendale and Phoenix are extremely close. Okay, that's they're, fine. They're, it's an it's they're twenty minutes apart. So that's why we're lumping that in together. My research has turned me on to something called the Sonoran hot dog, which is a Mexican-inspired hot dog. It's a, it's a frank. It's wrapped in bacon and grilled until it's crispy. It's then stuffed into like a split-top roll called a, a bolillo. And then it's, it's like topped with pinto beans, tomatoes, onions, mayo, mustard, and jalapeno salsa. And then there's usually a roasted uh, chili that comes yeah. next to it. Which yeah. honestly, the, fi- the picture of it looks really good. It sounds marvelous. That sounds special. <laughs> sounds now, great. <laughs> Mal, I have never had one of these. Me neither. I didn't, I didn't encounter it in my travels to the, to the greater Phoenix area. When I saw Arizona you know, on the dance card, what came to mind for me was Bianco, Chris Bianco, his pizza empire that, oh, that now yeah. it includes yep. you know, um, his pizzeria. And there's, he's opened up Italian restaurants. He's got a bakery. He's got all kinds of stuff, Chris Bianco. Yeah. Friend of the pod, by the way, one of the original House of Carbs yeah. guests, Chris Bianco, um, and that that I think a lot of people who go now this is the challenge with Arizona and Phoenix in particular. It's a transplant city, right? Mm. So this is like trying to come up with an, a food, an iconic, I you know, native food, which is why I think the Sonoran hot dog kind of fits that bill, right, Craig? I would agree, Mal. <sighs> I think this sounds like a great nomination. I'm trying to recall what exactly I enjoyed eating on my one trip to Arizona. I was, I'm going to be honest. 
circle of trust. It's only the three of us. Okay. <laughs> I was in Phoenix for a bachelorette weekend. Nice. Oh, wow. More of like a liquid diet kind of weekend, you know? <laughs> we had to eat at some point. Was it just like breakfast to like recuperate? Recuperative breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> She just threw up her hands. Omelet, she doesn't there, was, there was an omelet or two for sure. Yeah, <laughs> a, a good burger at one point. Yeah. Some, some some pleasant food. We did was look into your... getting the pizza. We did look into getting to, into getting Chris's pizza though, and I don't think we could. Was it your bachelorette weekend? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, what do I no. know? My bachelorette weekend was pretty low key, as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't think you would choose Arizona, but again, you know. <laughs> Arizona is kind of a hot spot on the West Coast for bachelor and bachelorette parties. Scottsdale's a big bachelor party city. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. Good weather, cheap. You can get like a big house with a pool, golf, waste Great management. Golf, yeah. For sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I've had a bunch of Tex-Mex um, in Phoenix and Tucson and, and Scottsdale. And it's it's legit. It's exactly what you expect out of south southwest southwestern uh, portion of the United States of America. I'm disappointed I didn't encounter this hot dog. Um, because it really sounds marvelous, but, uh, so we're going to have to put it up against some item from Los Angeles, which yeah, is this, this gets tricky, just it's impossible hard. really, yeah. because <laughs> so many picks, so many choices. This really goes to the heart of why I, in my life had such a hard time wrapping my head around Los Angeles as a city. Uh, when, when Bill Simmons moved from the East coast in 2003 out to Los Angeles, and I I started visiting him over the years. Many times in my early visits, I left with not a fondness for for Los Angeles because my experience was I love being in this neighborhood where we are, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel connected to any other neighborhoods, and it also doesn't feel connected to a downtown. It didn't have, for me, a sense of place. In my early travels, and this was like in me in my in my thirties, just to go ahead and and date it. Everybody knows how old I am. Um, it took a while to like get my brain around the interconnectedness and history of of Los Angeles. Now I think I get it much better, but that does not le- lend itself lead us to an easy place in terms of identifying a single food item, a single food experience. So I'm, I, I, I hope uh, that made sense. First of all, thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> I would counter Good. with this. Good. And I've been in LA now for almost a decade. Lived here for almost a decade. I, too, am an old person. And I think that what you're describing, and this is not for everyone, right? Mileage may vary. That's fine. For me, I have found that that is part of LA's uh, unceasing and unending charm. Yeah, There's always something new to discover and something new to unearth. And that's not just on, uh, you know, the, the, the when you're walking or driving or visiting a new place, but it's the culture, it's the food, it's the history. This is not specifically about food, but as a recommendation, you should watch if you haven't. Uh, there's a Netflix show. It's an animated show called City of Ghosts. And it's a great little way to pop around different pockets of LA and learn about the communities. It's really wonderful. I would recommend it. It's incredibly moving and sweet. Part of the joy of exploring LA is exploring LA as a food city. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Baltimore, but I came to LA from New York. And of course, New York is a wonderful food city, one of the world's best food cities. And I have really loved LA as a food city. I really, really have. There's been so much to discover and so much to enjoy. I think we could throw out numerous contenders here, but I will just say, as a as a resident now and someone who has a great fondness for all that LA continues to surprise me with, I think we got a lot to choose from here and that LA is great. Greg, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I agree. I mean, I, I think all of the separate neighborhoods in LA just are an example of its diversity and, and how many people have come to the city and, and, and made what they know and what they love and and it's spread throughout the city and now we all get to enjoy it. I think it's fantastic. I've narrowed down uh, Los Angeles to four options. Okay. This is what we have. French dip mm. from Philippe's, mm. which I've never had. Have you, Mal? 
Uh, once and only once a long Uh-oh. time ago. Long okay. time ago. It was, I was wonderful. I just I, I don't. Oh, I, when you said and only often. once, it sounded like it was a cross off for you. No, 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 no. More like okay. a idealized thing that lives in my mind. And I I, I wonder if everything can and if I can ever replicate that. It's a beautiful one night stand. Euphoria. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, we have Chinese food. And if we want to narrow that down, we can get into the Xiaolong Bao, which is soup dumplings. Uh, Din Tai Fung was the first restaurant opened in San Gabriel Valley. Their first restaurant was opened in the San Gabriel Valley in Arcadia. And they've expanded. And the soup dumpling is, I would say, one of the iconic staples of LA. Literally one of my favorite places in the entire world. <laughs> and one of my Din favorite bites of food in the world. Yes. Yeah, there's one, I go to the one in Century City all the time. I've been to the Century City one a couple times. The uh, The Glendale one was where I, I used to... I used to go the most often. God, I miss that place. I haven't been there. Soup dumplings are just amazing. So good. They're so good. (laughs) There's nothing like them. Okay. Next up, we just have, we have the LA taco. Places like Guisados, uh, Ricky's, you know, there's just amazing tacos all throughout LA. And then lastly, I had the food truck scene. This might be hard to kind of pick, but somebody like a Roy Choi who started Kogi, um, stuff like that. There's a lot of great taco shops. Uh, all over LA, El Chato, Leo's Tacos. Um, so those are the four that I've laid out for you guys. What about sushi? I mean, there's tremendous sushi in Los Angeles. I feel like I, we have to I, at least mention it. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't, I, I can't remember the names of the places that I've um, had the the pleasure of sampling, like the one-offs. I've been to Sugarfish probably 500 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can add sushi to the list. I think we have to at least put it in the consideration set, right? Sure. So, for, yeah. for the record, I want to. Neither are you. Neither are you are going to mention uh, bagels now that LA has overtaken oh New York. Oh my Just kidding. Is... Just kidding. <laughs> kidding. I just won't. don't. I won't. Even as a joke, I won't. It's it's, it's too fraught. <laughs> I wanted to say that the charm of Los Angeles that both of you have have experienced as you know f- folks who live in that place has fi- was real i over the the 20 years that i've been visiting 18 15 whatever i i have come to appreciate that and in fact i love the new discovery of new neighborhoods that i get to to visit and it feels kind of endless and and so many untapped portions of the city even even still even though i've probably been there i don't know 30 times over the years. Um, and that is indeed, I think the thing that was a challenge for me at the outset was city means a place that's kind of like connected and there are neighborhoods in, in throughout the city, but it, it's not an expanse. It doesn't have the scale and Los Angeles is all about scale. So at least in my experience, so that I think that was the challenge, but I'm there now. And this is absolutely representative of the difficulty of of arriving in Los Angeles and trying to decide what should my first meal be each and every time. Many times it has been sugarfish, I will say. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> no judgment here. No judgment here. This is really hard. I mean, it's, I, I think the, viewing it through that lens of if you're coming for a weekend, if you're coming for a visit, what would you feel like you had to have is a really interesting way to think about it and obviously something house that you're you're better equipped to to address than Craig and I are but I think we could probably ask ourselves Craig like if someone were visiting us where would we feel we had to take them uh. what would we feel we had to ensure that was a part of their weekend right and it's tough to imagine a single scenario anyone would visit in LA and we would not at some point get tacos. I agree. Right? I totally agree with this. I can speak from experience. I mean, every time I have friends visit, we get tacos. I've been to Guisados with friends. I've been to Leo's Taco Truck and El Chato with friends in Mid-City. Um, you're probably right. I, it's just, I literally am playing through every visit I've ever had here <laughs> for nearly a decade. And you know, maybe there's like, whether it's, uh, you know, I, I, there was a, a stretch in my life where the one thing that I wanted to ensure we had was the, you know, a shredded beef burrito from Yuko's Hut in Los Feliz. But wherever the specific place or the specific burrito or taco that you're pursuing in that moment is, that's going to be a part of the experience in some way. It just has to be. It just has to be. All of these are good choices, though. All, all outstanding choices and all really do, I think, have a place 
in Los Angeles and, and emanate from Los Angeles. So I think they fit a bunch of, they check a bunch of our boxes here in the, in the judging criteria. So let's go ahead and try and put these head to head. Um, it, it is a shame that none of us have had a snoring hot dog <laughs> because we can't draw upon a belly recollection here, uh, to, to give us a, a, a firm flavor in our mouth. We've seen the pictures. The pictures are marvelous. Um, and I think it, it makes sense to, to put on the bucket list, the Arizona bucket Absolutely. list, getting multiples of these hot dogs. There's no way, though, that I'm going to choose uh, <laughs> any Arizona food experience over Los Angeles. There's just no scenario under which that's going to happen. So it's Los Angeles for me. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Easy one. You know, okay. maybe bite for bite. If you take a bite of the Sonoran hot dog, the best one they got, and you take a bite of an average LA taco, I bet you it could be pretty similar. I, I bet you bite for bite, it might not be too different, but it, it's just like the legendary status that the LA taco carries that you just can't toss in the trash. I mean, it's just a tough one here. This is a, this is this was another. This was a tough draw for Arizona. It's it's a tough draw for Arizona. And again, when, I mean, right. uh, well, honestly, both of these seem like they would pair very well with a football game. But absolutely yeah. tough to beat a taco. In that I, respect, I will tell too. you, truth of the matter. I would have a French dip, and I think the French dip would yeah. beat um, the, the hot dog. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Because like the, all, all of those flavors, the bread, the way the jus works, the cheese, I mean, the way the Philippe's have been doing it for what feels like 500 years, it's just, you know, uh, unmatchable and, and, and marvelous. And um, so I think we're, we're in the right place by choosing Los Angeles to go forward here. Yeah, so that leaves us with our with our four that we're moving on with to the taste test round. We have Green Bay cheese curds and brats. We have the LA taco. We have the Boudin bread bowl, and the Philly cheesesteak. Wow, that's the right well, four. We made it we made right one four. mistake there, but it's three of <laughs> three of the four are correct. The third best brisket in Texas we omitted, I guess. Yeah. We are going to. Now seed these though, so oh, it might be the case. We're going to seed them. Is there unanimity on either the the one position or the four position? Wait, so we're reseeding, right? The buy the buy doesn't carry over as the top seed. We reseed. Correct. Here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yes. Now, now the the food challenge really begins in earnest because these four next week are going to go head to head based on our seedings. We're going to have you know two two on two, and then we're going to come out with 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 just two cities when we're done with it, to just two food items. Um, is there, I, it, it, do we have a unanimous four or a unanimous one? Guys, I'm, I'm about to shock you. I've shocked myself. I can't believe I'm about to do something pro Philly on a public forum. I think we have a clear number one seed here. Every yeah. single criteria that you ran through, I think Philly has it and has a, a slight edge maybe of uh, over every other city in this respect, every single one. I don't know how we top it here. And then if we add in the pairs well with football variable that we introduced during the course of the conversation, it's like a sweep of the, of the checklist here. I have no quibble whatsoever. I'm not surprised. The gustatory goddess herself has spoken. The cheesesteak is number God. one. As if Chris Craig, Ryan's Craig, ego want- weren't big enough. <laughs> Craig, do you have a different opinion? Is there any reason for us to consider anything else? No, and I think we have a, a surefire four seed. I think it's the Boudin Red Bull. Yes, because it shouldn't now, be in the final four. And thus, it I is the I wonder if seed. we've done... <laughs> I want folks to come at us and give us a little bit of input. Because um, San Francisco is such an incredible food city and you can have such an unbelievable food experience coming up with an iconic item that has history, that evokes sense of place, that's part of the, the challenge. And maybe we're doing uh, San Francisco a bit of, dis- of a disservice in that respect. But I agree that that food item of these four is is in place number four. Yeah. If you had, if you had made the, the San Fran pick the uh, famous Irish coffees from Buena Vista, that would have been my number one seed. <laughs> Those are incredible. <laughs> They're a delight. Ooh. It's true. They are a delight. Uh, okay, so let's try and do two, two and three. And three. Is hard. We have this is tough. Philly's one, and San Francisco is four. Um, we have to choose between 
uh, Green Bay and Los Angeles for the two three slots. I'll go first. I'm fine with putting Green Bay too. I, I am too. I, okay. It 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 like it literally checks every single box. The the entire experience of you know going into that city and you know it's it's identity is so closely associated with the football team, which is so closely associated with this food, with the tailgate there. I think it does give it a tiny leg up because we just had such a hard time naming one item from Los Angeles. Sound logic. Okay. Wow. We got the blessing. (laughs) That'll be a great matchup, though. That means next week, head to head, we'll be doing the LA taco versus the cheese curd. I have a thought on which way that's going to go. And well, we're, we're going to literally be eating them. <laughs> we're going to have them so That's right. in, in front of us. We'll try not to, to chomp our lips too loudly on uh, the Zoom cast. I can't promise anything. Oh, boy. Um, the, the one and only time I ever went on television was for with, uh, what's that show that um, Cat from the Real World um, Extra on, on, on uh, isn't that what it's called? Extra, extra. Like extra. Uh, like Access the, Hollywood extra? Yes, ac- yes, I went on Access Hollywood to talk <laughs> really? about exotic foods. And um, I made the mistake of eating a giant bite of the food item for a 60-second <laughs> hit. And I had my mouth full for 30 of the 60 seconds. So I couldn't talk about, oh like we had glow-in-the-dark ramen. Oh we had some kind of funky cornbread. And I we only got through through two of the <laughs> because I took a giant bite because I like to eat. What do you want? Like I'm not a TV guy. I'm a food guy. Anyway, oh my God. so we'll try not to repeat that next week. And by the way, the benefit of podcasts is it can go as long as we want, but that's it. We've done it. One through four. We have seeds. We kicked three to the curb. They have been chopped. If that's a show, I don't know. We set the table for next week, a delectable divisional round. My friends, thank you so much. It's so good to be back here with my my uh, beloved pals on House of Carbs. And should we also say we'll be back on Saturday. We'll be releasing our next show. And David Jacoby will be with us for the AFC. Yeah, we're not just doing the NFC. We're doing the AFC as well. There are some heavy hitters in this AFC. Like you, we're talking Buffalo Wings. We're talking the Pramonti sandwich from Pittsburgh. Although maybe that's not the thing from Pittsburgh. I don't know. But we're we've got Pramonti Nashville Brooks. hot chicken. Nash- yeah, yeah there, there are some heavy, heavy hitters in the AFC. Ooh. Mallory, thank you so much. I can't wait to, to eat with you next week. An absolute honor and a privilege to be here with you as comforting as a warm chowder in a bread bowl. Truly a delight. Thank you. (laughs) 